This is a Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed production, coming to you today from Edinburgh, Scotland. Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland, across the globe. You're listening to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed, the People's Podcast. Here to rock the podcast world. Hello, podcasters. Welcome to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed. It's the Sutherland at the controls tonight. Just for one night, having a little rant, doing a bit of analysis. And tonight, I'm going to talk to you about the BBC. You may have heard the Hattrick describe it as the Bolshevik Broadcasting Corporation. You might have had the Ramsey describe it as the Bloated Broadcast Corporation. And frankly, I'm very, very much inclined to agree with both of them. The BBC was formed 92 years ago, in 1922, by Royal Charter. Only one year later, yes, that's right, one year later, it didn't take them very long, they introduced a licence fee. That's a fee set by government, and it's agreed in the UK Parliament, and everyone in the UK has to pay this licence fee to have a television in their home. And that's the way the BBC is funded. Now, Hattrick and Ramsey's main... Problem with the BBC really is its left-wing bias. It's got an inbuilt, corporate, left-wing, liberal leaning. On election night in the UK, when the Conservatives won a outright majority, that's the centre-right party in the UK for people listening from abroad, the BBC were in absolute shock. They were not expecting the centre-right party to win. The people on the panel that night were practically in mourning. They were in shock. They were in dismay that their beloved Labour Party had uh, not won the election. One of the commentators even said that he'd eat his hat if the polls, exit polls suggesting that the Conservative Party were going to win were correct. And in fact, he did have to eat his hat. Other shows that have this appalling left-wing bias are Andrew Marr on Sunday mornings. He's a terrible broadcaster, really, a real old-school lefty. And uh, he has a show on Sunday mornings, and uh, he often interviews the bigwigs of the political world. And last weekend, he uh, interviewed he uh, interviewed John Whittingdale. He's the government minister, or uh, secretary of state, in fact, in charge of renewing the BBC's royal charter. The left-wing bias was just absolutely extraordinary. So uh, he was asking all these questions from a completely BBC point of view. It was all about the BBC. It was nothing to do with the licensed pair, even what the kind of programmes that they were producing. It was all about themselves. And afterwards, they had a couple of people on the panel to... Uh, review the paper and talk about what John Whittingham had said. And one of them was from the far left, but because it's the BBC, they have to be seen to counter that viewpoint. So they got someone from the centre-left to counter the views of the person on the far left. That's right. Nobody from the Conservative Party at all, no one from the right of the UK political spectrum, I think they just don't know these people. They're not commercially aware. They live in their own little world, the Guardian reading... Islington-based metropolitan elite. They don't know anyone. They just don't have anyone in their phone books who's ever had a right-wing thought in their heads. That's probably why they just can't get the people. Supporters of the BBC, however, say that it's good because they have no adverts. It's not commercial. It's funded by the taxpayer. Well, they do advert adverts. They advertise constantly, but they advertise themselves. BBC Sport advertises BBC News. BBC News advertises BBC Culture. BBC Culture advertises BBC Arts. BBC Arts advertises BBC Films. BBC's Films advertise BBC Nature Documentaries. And on and on and on and on. You get the gist. 
If a commercial organisation had as much advertising space as the BBC does for itself, it would cost tens and tens of millions of pounds a year. It's just not fair. And it's sponsored by the state, paid for by the taxpayers. This show is brought to you by EdinburghDusters.com and IdeasGoingLive.com. The other thing that annoys me is the way it's funded, the licence fee. I talked about it earlier. It's £145.50 a year. Everyone has to pay it as long as you're under 75. It doesn't matter if you're unemployed, on a low income, disabled. doesn't matter who you are. You have to pay this fee for the right to have a television in your home. Can you imagine if Russia or Iran passed a law which said in order to have any kind of television receiving equipment, you had to pay the government £145.50 to have state propaganda piped into their homes? Absolutely extraordinary. And if they don't pay it, it's a criminal offence not to have a television licence. That's right, a criminal offence. It's not a civil offence where you just get a fine, although you can just get a fine. You can go to jail. In fact, the court system is clogged up all the time with TV licence cases. I'll say it again. If that happened in Russia or Iran, we'd be in uproar. But because it's the UK, Britain, we just shrug our shoulders. We're used to it. It's the BBC. It can do no wrong. But if you start to think about it, it is absolutely extraordinary. It's the most regressive funding method you could think of. Which is amazing because it's the left-wing organisation. It's against welfare cuts. It wants higher public spending, not surprisingly, because it's a public sector organisation itself. It loves the public sector. It talks about the public sector constantly because it is the public sector. But these left-wing views and this love of state spending and the bigger state, it's just extraordinary that it allows itself to take funding in the most aggressive way possible from everyone in society. Enjoying the show? Tell us about it. Send us your feedback, suggestions, or thoughts to Hattrick and Ramsey at gmail.com. Hello, podcasters. It's the Sutherland here with your Labour Party leadership update. Since we last spoke about a week ago, the centre-left party, soon becoming the far-left party, becoming the loony-left party, literally as we speak, has been having a leadership campaign. The contenders are a lady called Liz Kendall, who nobody knows anything about other than she is 44 years old and is about as interesting as a glass of water. The next candidate is a lady called Yvette Bowles, who is the wife of Ed Bowles, who is the worst ever shadow chancellor that the country's ever had. He's been wrong on just about every single economic uh, decision over the last few years. He would have joined the euro. He would go into the EU. He wants more spending. He said the deficit would go up. He said unemployment would go up. He said that interest rates would go through the roof. He said the interest rates would go up. He was um, absolutely wrong on all of these things. I mean, just wrong, 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 wrong squared. Completely awful. So... Um, She's got him in the kitchen the whole time, so I don't quite know who would listen to her, because even if her own ideas are thoroughly sensible, uh, she'd be getting indoctrinated from Ed Balls all the time, which is uh, really not worth thinking about. The next candidate is a chap with enormous eyebrows. That's really all I can remember about him. He's called Andy Burnham, um, who seems to have changed his political outlook 
so many times. He last time I looked, he was a a Blairite uh, on the more the right wing of the Labour Party, and now as the whole party's lurching towards the left in a a massive sort of suicide attempt uh, to finish up as a political party altogether, he seems to become more of a Burnham and Flogham no pun intended, uh, lefty, to be honest. He's virtually agreeing with everything that the uh, the absolute nutter candidate uh, has uh, has put forward. And talking about the nutter candidate, well, that is my favourite candidate, the one I voted for, uh, Mr Jeremy Corbyn, Labour MP for Islington for the last four or five hundred years, I think. Um, he's a proper beardo, donkey jacket, suede shoes, you know, class one beard. You know, a real beardo. Um, and he is, he's hes a Trotskyite. He really is. He's a Stalinist, a total communist. And uh, he is wearing that badge with, with, with pride, really. And the trouble is that the other three really have no ideas at all. Zero personality. I mean, Liz Kendall's like a glass of water. Yvette Balls is like a glass of sparkling water. Andy Burnham's like a glass of Evian water. And then suddenly you've got Jeremy Corbyn, who, even though he talks, I mean, real nonsense from even the 19, 1920s. I, I just, one commentator even said that he was probably to the left of Lenin. I mean, that's how hardcore this guy is. But the thing is, he speaks from his heart. Even though he's never held any cabinet position or even shadow cabinet position in the UK government, uh, he speaks from his heart and people are taking that uh, um, people people feel that he's the only one that actually says what he thinks the other two all look at a notebook and say Ooh, what do I think about this issue, what do I think about that issue, what do I think about immigration what do I think about climate change what do I think about foreign policy they, they have no idea, whereas Corbyn has got a real belief structure it's nuts but it's a belief structure and it just comes through and uh, I quite like him for that. I, I can see why he's he, he's doing well. The worry is he's doing too well, I, and he could win this race, and Ergo could become Prime Minister. And the Labour Party is beginning to realise this, and they're in a complete sense of panic. They're even thinking about stopping the election, because the person that's most popular is going to win. And people say, oh, well... Why are you stopping the election? Well, Jeremy Corbyn is dangerous. He's utterly dangerous. He might win this election. He says what he thinks, and people like what he thinks, and uh, people believe what he says, and they like him. So we must stop him. I mean, it's the Labour Party it really is in its death throes, I think. I, I don't see how it even comes back from this situation. If they cancel the election because the person that the people at large want to win does win, then... They're going to look like absolute idiots. They really are. Um, weak, uh, not even democratic. I mean, for a political party to actually end its leadership campaign because some weirdo beardo is going to win it to who everyone likes, it's just crazy. Oh, we can't have democracy. And they're hoping to stand for election in the world's oldest democracy, even though they clearly don't seem to like what democracy can offer. Well, hey, Labour, you better just suck it up. The danger is if he does become Prime Minister that the the country will basically grind to a halt. The stock market will crash. Inflation will go up to maybe four or 5,000 percent, something like that. Um, and we could be all in a big, big mess. So uh, I hope that he causes a bit of a ruckus, but I almost hope he doesn't win because I think we'll vote for him because he's the only politician that says what he thinks 
And uh, that's pretty dangerous these days, to be honest. While John takes a personal break, as his body control is not what it used to be, let's hear some music from Bradley M. Cooper. And this song is called The Force of Nature. I met a girl on vacation and I don't know what to say Cause there was miscommunication on the very last day And in my heart it seemed harder now to go my own way I wanna stay in your arms but now you're so far And I don't know who you are And I don't know where you are
And I'm sorry to interrupt this podcast, but I really do have some quite exciting breaking news from North London. It's the Sutherland here, just with a little update. Um, absolutely extraordinary scenes in North London. We're just hearing reports that, uh, and this links back to the Labour leadership contest that I was talking to you about a few moments ago, but it seems that Harriet Harman has been arrested in a North London graveyard. She'd been, um, she seemed in a frenzied mood, and uh, eyewitnesses are just just getting reports, yes, that she was seen with a, a shovel running towards this graveyard, um, screaming that the, the party is over, uh, this is the end of labour. And um, it turns out that she was trying to dig up the body of Karl Marx from this graveyard in North London. Absolutely extraordinary scenes um, indeed. Um, I think she just lost the, pl- the plot, to be honest. Um, the, the, it, it's a lot of stress around at the moment, I think. That's what reports are, are saying, that she just lost it one night and uh, went out there with the, with, with the shovel. And she's trying to dig up Karl Marx's body. Um, and we don't quite know why. Uh, oh, just getting reports through Ed Miliband has said that she's trying to enter Karl Marx into the Labour leadership contest. And uh, it seems that uh, she wants, to, so distressed is she that Jeremy Corbyn, the popular uh, candidate in the Labour leadership candidates, uh, the most popular candidate in the contest rather, is ahead that she is um, she's trying to do anything to stop him winning and she wants to enter the corpse of Karl Marx. And uh, the most extraordinary news is that actually, um, due to changes that Ed Miliband made in the uh, Labourship leadership uh, rules, that Karl Marx can actually, as a dead Marxist, the original Marxist in many ways, in fact, every way, be entered into the leadership contest. So, uh, and early indications, I mean, this is breaking news, as I said, are are that uh, Karl Marx, the body of Karl Marx, is actually now taking the lead in the 2015 Labour leadership contest. Anyway, it's breaking news. The story is is very, very new, Hattrick and Ramsey. I just wanted to give you an update uh, as it was happening. Thank you very much, and spook news over. Anyway, uh, that's all I've got on that for the time being. Uh, If the Labour Party do decide to cancel their uh, leadership campaign because the person who's most popular might look like winning, I'll certainly get back to you with a little bit more analysis. But in the meantime... And my old man's a Marxist. He wears a Marxist hat. He wears brown corduroy trousers and lives in a million-pound flat. And when it comes to taxes, he said we should pay more... But when his tax is 50%, he took his cash offshore. Oh, my old man's a Marxist. He wears a Marxist hat. He wears brown corduroy trousers and lives in a million-pound flat. The climate makes him worry. He thinks it's warming up. But when he flies to Tuscany, he couldn't give a fuck. Oh, my old man's a Marxist. He wears a Marxist hat. He wears brown corduroy trousers and lives in a million-pound flat. Private schools are evil, he thinks that they divide. But when it came to his offspring, he swallowed all his pride. Oh, my old man's a Marxist, he wears a Marxist hat. He wears brown corduroy trousers and lives in a million-pound flat. He hates the rides of food banks, he views them with dismay. 
But when it comes to his weekly shop, it's Waitrose all the way. Oh, my old man's a Marxist. He wears a Marxist hat. He wears brown corduroy trousers and lives in a million-pound flat. Welfare makes him happy. He thinks that it's a must. But when it comes to lend a hand, you won't see him for dust. Oh, my old man's a Marxist. He wears a Marxist hat. He wears brown corduroy trousers and lives in a million-pound flat. This show is brought to you by EdinburghDusters.com and IdeasGoingLive.com. Enjoying the show? Tell us about it. Send us your feedback, suggestions, or thoughts to HatrickAndRamsey at gmail.com. So while John takes a break for his bladder control problem, let's have some more music from Bradley M. Cooper. Summertime life. Hanging out on the patio when it's finally over, won't miss the cold. The whiskey's flowing and the music's loud. Won't you take a minute? Won't you hang around? Cause we've been working every day and night Trying to get it going, trying to make it right So sit right back and let it roll We're gonna have a party, gonna lose control Breath away. So sit right back and 
Please enjoy the Hattrick and Ramsey podcasts. And for now, it's bye.